Informed Dissent, brought to you by Firearm Training Associates. Firearms Training Associates is, is a lucky company because we have been able to draft in some of the best instructors in the world. We have special operations guys, we have guys from the U.S. military, from foreign militaries that work for us. They provide a great deal of insight into self-defense. So we developed this so that our customers could come on the weekends and get the best training in the world. We pride ourselves on our civilian training. It's our armed civilian that's one of the most important things to us. We want to teach them how to survive dangerous situations. When you come through the course, as long as you're performing at a acceptable level, you're going to get a certificate that puts our stamp on it. And we take it serious when we put our stamp on there. When you get our gold label, that means that you've passed the class that you've attended. Firearm Training Associates, proud sponsor of Informed Dissent. Find out more at ftatv.com. Informed Dissent. The intersection of healthcare and politics with Dr. Jeff Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald. Well, Mark, great to be with you on another episode of Informed Dissent. So, you know, we, have, we haven't talked about this a lot, but... Um, Apple Podcast and Spotify are our two big um, platforms where most people download us. And there's also an opportunity if you're interested, and I hope you are, because I love what we do here. And we interview some great guests and we just banter about what's going on in politics and healthcare and life. But through Patreon and on your podcast, notes below where you actually download it on Spotify or Apple, there's a link there to Patreon. And you can support us. You don't have to support us a lot. It can be a small donation that you make monthly or a large donation, whatever you want. But it means a lot to us for you to help us in our effort of what we're trying to do, and that is spread the truth, support medical freedom, uh, and the freedom movement really in the in this country. So to the extent that you're willing, we appreciate it on Patreon. And we just got some uh, demographics from our producers and we're downloaded in over 12,000 cities across the country. And it's, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, I see those numbers in the maps and I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot of people that are listening to us. And um, it's it's interesting. I remember Mark because I'm as you are. I'm a huge fan of Dennis Prager. You and I are going on a Dennis Prager cruise coming up in a month. Um, I remember Dennis talking about people that want to be you know on the radio, and he said, "Well, here's what you do: go in your bathroom, stand in front of your mirror, and talk for three hours and be interesting." That is not an easy task. No. Now we have we have the advantage that we can see each other, even though we're not actually sitting together. And we often bring on guests. Not right now, though. We don't have a guest. It's just you and I. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, no, but seriously, I, I think you're, you're going on a trip soon, and I want to hear about that. But before we talk about that, I want to um, give a shout out to our favorite sponsor, and that's Firearms Training Associates. And you and I have both been to their training facility, and it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to be with like-minded people and to um, engage in a hobby that also is a sport. And uh, I'm pretty sure I talked to Kristen that they, they are erecting a statue of you because you're out there so often. <laughs> it comes with preferred parking. So what's, what's the latest course that you took? I took a night ops tactical shotgun course recently that taught you how to fire a shotgun at night with a flashlight 
both indoors and outdoors, which is a lot harder than you might expect. Most people don't know this, but defensive shooting in real life usually occurs in low light or no light situations. It doesn't occur in broad daylight uh, out in the desert with a target 30 feet in front of you. And that makes things a lot more difficult. And this place, Firearms Training Associates at FTATV.com, they understand that because their instructors come from military and law enforcement, and they have been involved in their own shootings in the course of their work. And they know when and how you are most likely to be attacked and to need to respond. And it tends to be in low light, dark conditions. And so I'm now redirecting my training towards those situations because I believe that that's the most likely time and place that I'm going to actually need to defend myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I would invite our audience to join Firearms Training Associates in sponsoring this show. And we'll be happy to give you a shout out and uh, talk about uh, your company, assuming it's a good company. And uh, maybe you'll even find uh, Mark and myself where, wherever it is uh, that, uh, that, that you are, uh, where, your, where your retail store is or whatever it is you do. I'd, I'd love a, let's see, a whiskey sponsor would be awesome. I think a cigar sponsor would be fantastic. A grass-fed organic beef sponsor, I'll go to your farm, wherever that might be. So if you're out there listening and you're one of those folks, uh, give us a ring, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. It'd be nice to have a competitor on the conservative side to Ben and Jerry's ice cream too. Yeah, no doubt. Who doesn't like ice cream? Exactly. So um, you, you were on some interesting podcasts recently. Tell yes. us about it. I have been speaking to the non-converted, so to speak, in the last few days to groups of Americans who are probably in the more sort of traditional liberal Democrat vein of politics uh, and demographics and responding to questions from the representatives of those sectors of America that ask things such as our nation is going through a national divorce. We're seeing a splitting apart. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, we should create a secession of states, the right and the left, the conservative and the, uh, the liberal or the Democrat. Uh, just recently, you know, Donald Trump has been arraigned and arrested essentially uh, for political reasons, uh, which is a great symbol of this uh, cultural and political divide. And the questions that come up, uh, interestingly, from people who are, you know, not necessarily conservative or Republican, uh, are very similar to the questions that come up from those who are conservative and Republican, which is, I find very interesting area of overlap of agreement, which is our nation is split. Our nation is divided. As Dennis Prager often says, we are in a cultural war. It's just not a violent one right now, a civil war, cultural civil war. So I find this to be very helpful because there's very little that we agree on now in the United States. We are so divided, but perhaps we can agree on that that we are completely split and that we are in a, a sort of pitched battle culturally. Now that, that sounds awful um, because it can lead to a real civil war. It can lead to a national divorce, but it might also be a helpful thing to note because what I've seen over the last few years is that often what we're fighting about is really a misdirection. 
we have a small percentage of people in the country there. I would call the people on the left or as Jeffrey Tucker, one of the recent interviewees we had from Brownstone Institute said, we were going into an anarcho tyrannical state, a state where we have anarchists and we have tyrannical wannabe rulers who are destroying our foundations and, and taking over in a kind of despotic, but chaotic way. There's a small number of people like that that are leading that charge in this country, but it's not the, the bulk of America. It's not it's not most Americans, even most Democrats, really, at least not the voters, maybe the party, but not the voters. So if that's true, and I believe it is, then this this civil war that is forming this this potential national divorce, maybe it's it's actually all a distraction from what's really a, a a, a destructive movement by a small number of people to wreck the lives of all Americans and take down the country. And if that's correct, then perhaps the two sides that are being distracted by all these uh, so-called battles and wars that are, that are cultural, maybe really the battle should be uh, all Americans, except the left uniting and turning against those who want to take down the country, the anarchists and the, and the tyrannical the tyrannical left, because I don't believe that most Americans are leftist. Uh, I believe that there's a small number that are, and then there's a larger group that are, are really largely classically conservative and liberal, and they just happen to vote for the wrong people. And they don't know that. There's no question. And unfortunately, it's the leftists that are also the loudest and the leftists that also push the agenda that forces the rest of us to react. And part of the problem from conservatives traditionally is we don't really want to get involved. We want to just be left alone. We don't want to be bothered. You go do what you want to do. I don't really care, but just leave me alone. But when it's loud and in your face and you're now forcing me to respond and to take action, that's when it really gets ugly. And that's what we're seeing, I think, happening now. You know, you, you, what, whatever you think of Donald Trump, it's it's being forced upon us to deal with this injustice that's occurring. And we've never seen this before. And now, now you have people that really could care less about Donald Trump, but now they care about him because of what he represents. And he represents um, somebody who is standing up and is, is taking the full force of the left uh, in, a, in this political war. Um, and, and that's very unfortunate. I don't know what's going to happen during this election cycle, but it ain't going to be quiet and it's not going to be boring. Um, and it's it's going to be incredible, like something we've never seen before that I think it's going to make 2016, you know, look like a like a minor league election. Well, I completely agree with that. I'm often asked to predict the future and it's becoming harder and harder to do that because the events that we're seeing unfold in front of us are unique, meaning they've never happened before. This is the first time in the history of this country that a former president, much less a presidential candidate, has been arrested and indicted, particularly for a political crime, which is the thing of third world despots and banana republics as has often been quoted the last few days in um, conservative media. But this is not a conservative issue. I mean, this is emblematic of the problem that we're facing which is that the emotions of those who dislike Donald Trump are being manipulated and used to whip up support for a political assassination. This would never have been acceptable 
even four, five, six years ago, regardless of the candidate, but it's moderately acceptable now. It's not fully acceptable even to many Democrats, but it's moderately acceptable because of this um, ginned up civil war that, that people say that we're in right now. My hope is that this line that's been crossed, or as Alan Dershowitz recently said in an interview, the Rubicon has been crossed to go after political opponents formally, gov governmentally, not just in the media, but actually in the legal system, is going to awaken a large enough number of Americans who, even though they dislike Donald Trump, as you said, dislike him personally, don't agree with him politically, are going to stand up and say, this is really scary. Because Donald Trump today, Jeff, you and I next week, and then our friends who are not even politically engaged the week after that, where is it going to end? And it ends in truly a tyrannical state. And this is no longer hyperbole because it's actually happening right now. It really is. And we see that with the January 6th participants. We do. Many of whom were not, most of whom were not violent. They just wandered in. I know, I know people that were there personally. And uh, it, it was a feeling of a rally in a party. The doors were opened. Many of the Capitol Police ushered people in. They wandered through. They stayed for a little bit, looked at some of the monuments and walked out. And now, they're, now their lives are literally being ruined as a result of doing that. Yet crime is rising in all the, is in all the inner cities, including New York, Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, Los Angeles. And these folks, the January 6th participants, are being treated as uh, political combatants more important to go after them than it is to go after real crime that's occurring in our cities. You have a 54, 56% felony, non-complete percent stat in New York right now, in New York City. Felony crimes, over half of them are not followed up or prosecuted. There's a failure to convict more than half of the violent felonies in, in New York City. And yet we have, what is it now, 24, 36, several dozen felony charges now being actively pursued by a grand jury by the same man that doesn't follow up on felonies in Manhattan against Donald Trump. Th that is such an obvious, irrefutable, unavoidable example of what you just said that, that no mildly intellectually honest American can ignore. Yet on all the legacy media, they, uh, they applaud this, they rationalize it, they support it. Um, and they champion it as if it's okay what's going on. They do. This is, this is something I've brought up in my book, second one, Freedom from Fear, which is that the solution for many Americans who are not as diversely active as we are in reading and talking and traveling, we spend a lot of time educating ourselves. Most Americans don't. They're busy with other things in their lives, their family, their jobs, and uh, they're just not interested. The solution to this problem is to disconnect yourself, pull away from exactly those information feeds. And they're called news, but they're not really news. They're not even really media. They're really just Pravda. They're the Soviet propaganda, ideological indoctrination. They are, they are like loudspeakers for a government party and a, a monoparty. And it's not news, it's not information. It's, it's not even debate, really. Uh, it's, it's basically fiction. It's lies. And 
if you as an American are taking in the bulk of your information from those sources, then you cannot be informed. And it's very difficult to even think rationally when you're given that kind of information. Imagine what it's like in North Korea to be woken up with a squawk box every day announcing uh, death to America, long live great ruler, we're starving here and forced to be eating dirt because of the, um, the Western imperialists. And that's all you hear all day long and you can't turn it off. It's, it's, it's set to the on position in your kitchen. And if you try to cut the wires, uh, you get shot the next morning and your daughter is beheaded and buried out in the field somewhere. So you listen to it because you have no other way to get news or information. It's required. After a number of months or years, you're probably going to believe most of what you're hearing because you don't have any other sources of information. That's approaching where we are right now. You can't get away from this. It's in your phone. Your phone buzzes, you pull it up and it says Apple News. Very important. Uh, murderous dictator, white supremacist, finally arrested and charged on felony counts. We got him, exclamation point from Apple. And, and you read that and you think, thank God they got that monster. Who is it? Donald Trump. Oh, of course. Makes sense to me. I heard that earlier on Yahoo. That's how America works right now. That's how it works right now. Fortunately, there's still a lot of people that are do not participate in that middle America where they go about their business. They don't turn on the news. They go to work. They go to church. They have family. And they rarely turn on the TV. I think, I think that's the way to go. Disconnect. Yeah, unfortunately. Rural America is much better off than urban America right now for that reason. So speaking of disconnecting, you're on your way out of town soon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to take another trip uh, back to uh, Europe. Not, uh, not EU Europe, but, but more of the central southern Europe, which is still uh, somewhat independent, although it's losing its independence as uh, the EU expands. Uh, to try to get some uh, some sanity. It's kind of like going to the range and taking a class at FTA. It's the only place I can go in Southern California where I can be guaranteed that I'm not going to run into crazy people. And I feel the same way when I go to Central and Southern Europe. I'm sure there are some crazy people, but they're probably locked up where they should be. Here in the United States, they're actually let out and roaming the streets, most of them wearing masks. So when I go there, I really feel like a normal person because I'm being surrounded by other normal people who are laughing and uh, cooking and shopping and uh, having drinks and walking around outside and focusing on what's important to them and their families uh, rather than uh, stuck on their cell phones, uh, reading ideological indoctrination and uh, ginning up some kind of emotional invective against phantom attacks by uh, phantom evildoers. And I think it's really important that, um, wherever you are, that you find a place, a refuge where you can do something like that. It may not be flying to another country, but finding a place where you can go for a week or maybe just a weekend at, where you can um, disconnect from the craziness. It really is very important for your, uh, for your own sanity. How about just an evening out at Basilico's or, <laughs> or a day at the range? Which we have both done recently, <laughs> so occasionally together. Uh, and, and that makes a big difference, too. As Dennis Breger says, like-minded people, sometimes just being in an environment like Basilico's uh, restaurant or uh, FTA, where you know, like Cheers, uh, everybody knows your name. You walk in, everybody knows your beliefs. Everybody knows your points of view. And you know theirs uh, because people have agreed that this is a place they're going to come to congregate with like-minded people. It really does make a difference. It's something I tell my patients and something I, I speak about frequently. You don't have to go to Europe to get there. You can just... Um, go to the other side of the city uh, or even to a friend's house 
it can be done. You are never truly alone unless you choose to be. Unless you choose to be. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, even locally, there's a cigar lounge up the street from me, and you can bet almost everybody at that cigar lounge is like-minded. And so it's just a nice place to go hang out and, and just be for a while. No stress, no worry. There's usually a ball game on TV and uh, just just fun banter with like-minded, almost all men. Occasionally, there'll be a, a woman that'll come in, uh, mostly a guy's club uh, of just a, just an escape for a few minutes uh, in an otherwise busy week. It's very important for men in particular to spend time with other men. I've had this conversation recently, just had it yesterday in one of my interviews, uh, where I was asked, uh, why is it that men are so quiet? I was at a church event recently and had a conversation with someone sitting next to me who said, um, I have a friend who is furious, absolutely furious about the way that society is heading and trending right now, but he doesn't dare say anything in front of women because a lot of the problems, as Dennis Brager likes to say, uh, are disproportionately being caused by women today. Women are disproportionately destroying the United States. Prime example is the whole transgender surgery issue, also schools and teaching. But uh, he doesn't say anything because he does not want to be canceled, attacked, uh, accused of being a harasser, a patriarchal, a supremacist, um, misogynist, you name it. And I think that if men could get together outside purview of women every now and then and share some of these concerns and build support for one another to be more honest and, and strong and courageous, they might have more courage to then go out into larger society when they're with women and in an assertive but polite way stand up for their values and beliefs rather than a cave to uh, some of the uh, hyper emotionality and the uh, lack of containment that a lot of urban um, liberal American women have fallen prey to. Yeah, no question about it. And I've got a informed dissent challenge. So if you're listening in one of the 12,000 cities around the country, um, send me a box of cigars and just look me up. My office is in uh, Newport Beach, California. And uh, I will take you out to lunch. How about that? Wow. And most importantly, if I actually get that box of cigars, the first phone call I'm making is to Dennis Prager to tell him. (laughs) (laughs) This is the cigar challenge. This is the cigar challenge. So I, I want a box of cigars so I can call Prager and say, see, I told you so that Mark and I can also get cigars. I, I don't know if you smoke cigars, Mark, but bottle of wine or what have you. I don't smoke cigars. I have nothing against them. It's just another something that's come up before. Well, listen, I'll tell you, you, you and I are going on a, on a Prager riverboat cruise coming up at the uh, end of May. And um, every night, Dennis holds court up on top, on the top deck. And there'll be a, a circle of people, uh, mostly men, but some women, everybody with a cigar and just uh, asking Dennis questions and uh, just sitting there and talking with them. So I think that'll be an opportunity to um, turn you into a cigar lover. Where do the cigars come from? I assume Dennis isn't supplying all the cigars. No, no, he's not. People bring their own because they know Dennis smokes cigars. Dennis, of course, has his own. Um, I'll be I'll be bringing cigars and uh, certainly we'll have some for you as well. Well, then I might have to bum a cigar off you. <laughs> right, good. <laughs> So you're you're headed to uh, where now? You're going to Europe. Where in Europe are you I'm going? going to be, I'm going to be going back to Poland again, uh, which is 
one of my favorite countries now because it's uh, very similar to the United States back in the 1950s. It's this new burgeoning middle class um, capitalist economy that still has a vibrant church, family, um, local food, healthy agrarian society that's also modernized with vehicles and refrigerators and microwaves and access to media and computers. It really has some of the best of both worlds. It doesn't have great weather. It's not like Los Angeles, but it has a lot of other great things that we've really lost in the last 30, 40 years. And it's uh, also got the benefit of still being really affordable. You can get a, a wonderful meal for 12 to $14 in Poland. Uh, you can't even get you know, more than a coffee here in Los Angeles for that price. I, I wonder, you know, we drive around Orange County and LA and so forth, and we see some really interesting bumper stickers. Do they have those as well in Poland? <laughs> you know, I've never seen a single bumper sticker anywhere in Poland. I don't even think I've seen um, backpack stickers or uh, violin case stickers. They're, they're really not a sticker oriented society. I've seen a, a marginal amount of graffiti, but it tended to be actually pretty artistic. Uh, it was more of a, a I would say a renegade mural than it was uh -huh. graffiti. Uh -huh. They they take pride in keeping their possessions free of advertising. Uh, I didn't see any billboards really much when I was over there either. Um, they haven't been bought like the United States yet. So no no bumper stickers uh, to speak of in Poland. All right. Well, well, interesting. Well, as you're listening to us, if there's a bumper sticker that you've seen, take a picture of it and send it to Informed Dissent. And uh, next time we're on the air, we'll show some of the bumper stickers that come from our listeners. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Or if you have comments that you want to make, we're happy to read those comments on air too from our listeners around the country and actually around the world. We have listeners all the way to, to Australia and in Europe and South America and so forth. And it's, it's really an honor to see those demographics and to see that people are listening to us not just in the United States, but uh, but completely around the world. And it might be interesting to see what some of the challenges and problems are that are overlapping or perhaps even universal in different parts of the world, because I suspect that a lot of international people are facing similar difficulties as we are here in the U.S. And one of my recent additions to my Substack is something called Dissident MD Solutions, which is a little brief snippet from our podcast on problems that we bring up and the solution that I propose. And so if listeners have specific problems, so to speak, or challenges that they're curious about, and if they seem to be representative of what I see and hear uh, with others, uh, maybe they'll make it on the show. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Mark, listen, another great episode of Informed Dissent. Safe travels to you, to Europe, and I look forward to seeing you upon your return. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.